Hey guys, and welcome back to the Pursuing the Happy podcast, and also welcome to the last episode of season one of this podcast. I thought that this would be a great way to wrap up the year and also wrap up the first season because this is episode number 10, and you know, I like round numbers like that. Today's episode is unpacking everything that happened in 2020, or at least the highlights of it for me, and also reflecting on the lessons and experiences I've had. I've got to say, while 2020 has no doubt been a crazy year and a long one for many, I found that it still seemed to fly by for me. Like, I still remember in March when in-person classes were cancelled and everything transitioned online. And I seriously can't believe it's been nine months since then. When I look back, it also seems like the year where the most happened. Like, I remember a lot of stuff happening in 2020. And so in that sense, I do agree that it has been a long and jam-packed year. The first thing I have to say when I think of 2020 is gratitude. And I know it's not a word that most people would use to describe this year, But I am so, so grateful to God that my family and my friends have been safe and healthy this year because I know that this has not been the case for millions all over the world and it's no doubt been a very saddening and dark year for many. So I'm incredibly grateful to be able to say that I'm safe and healthy and the people that I know personally are safe and healthy as well. My heart truly though goes out to everyone who has lost a loved one this year because I cannot even begin to imagine the heartbreak you feel and I recognize that I have personally been so so lucky this year so truly this year is just one filled with gratitude for me. As well in March I also got an acceptance letter to a top university which um I now go to so I am incredibly grateful for that. I was also awarded a really great scholarship and overall just being accepted to this university opened up so many opportunities so for that I am incredibly grateful as well. Lastly the growth of my business has really skyrocketed over the pandemic and I'd say I was able to grow it much more because my classes were online and because of this situation that the pandemic was in and so while it has brought you know a lot of not great things to our economy and to a lot of people's lives in this sense it also brought opportunity for me and beyond that I helped so many small businesses launch during the pandemic or help them rebrand and create websites so that they're able to you know run their business online and it's so rewarding seeing my clients also grow their businesses because of you know the things that I was able to help them with and so I really appreciate each and every one of them so much for trusting me with their business goals and it's really just an honor to design for fellow small business owners. The level of achievement I feel because I've been able to help so many of them is really just amazing and being able to connect with so many different people running different kind of businesses and passions is really inspiring too. So now transitioning to the things I've learned this year. I think one that I talk about quite a bit but here it is again quitting Instagram or like I guess quote-unquote quitting because I haven't fully quit Instagram but I am pretty distanced from it and I don't know, there's a lot. So let's unpack that first. 
So basically in September, I took a break from Instagram and really only posted again like a couple days ago, I think. So it was a three month break, basically, maybe longer. And here are the things I've learned. Number one, you do miss out on the community. If anything for Instagram, I really just missed out overall like from my break with engaging with others on Instagram because it really is a great place to build community and engage with people that you can't really manipulate and do on another platform and also one thing I do want to point out though is that I did re-niche recently like I narrowed down my niche which I'm going to be talking about later in this episode but Basically, now my audience is quite different than what it was before. Um, And now I've got to find a way to attract this new group of people instead of my old group. So it's been a little difficult because the way Instagram works, you know, it doesn't really make that easy. But that leads me to number two, which is you don't really need it. Because in terms of the numbers, at least for me, Instagram truly didn't drive too much for my business, even with my prior target audience. And I think the lesson here is that it's different for everyone. Some people get all their leads from Instagram, so of course it doesn't make sense for them to leave because they're doing great, it's growing, it's working for them. But the key is to choose a platform that works for you. So if Instagram isn't driving the needle or if any other platform isn't really doing anything for your business, then I don't think it's valuable for you to be on them. And so that brings me to the question right now that I'm asking myself and you're probably also asking right now is, am I going to go back on Instagram and use it again? And my answer is maybe and also maybe not because I think I'm going to try and post some more things again and see how it goes. But from what I'm seeing right now, the work to build up an engaging audience just might not be worth all the effort right now. And maybe once I grow more and I'm able to outsource and hire someone to do, you know, Instagram engaging and stuff and posting for me, then that would work. But to be honest, it's probably not even possible to grow that much given this aggravating algorithm right now. It seems pretty hard and I just don't know if it's the best investment for my time right now. Currently, I also deleted the app from my phone again because I just found out that it uses up 50% of my battery usage every day. And in my opinion, that is way too much because I really only spend an hour and a half max on it because I set a time limit for myself and I recently just went back into my, um, you know, screen time stats and all that and yeah, basically one and a half hours maybe and it uses up 50% of my battery usage that like every day, which is kind of crazy because if you spend more time on it, like I suggest you go check out how much battery it uses for you because it uses a lot for me and I don't really like that you know because I use my phone a lot more than one and a half hours so like the proportions don't really work out there the second lesson I learned this year was about how to take breaks when you feel overwhelmed and I really found the power of taking breaks this year if you ever sat at a desk working for a long time you should probably stand up and walk around that's a break if you're feeling overwhelmed for your business or studying for a course or working on a project whatever it is you should probably take a step back if you're feeling overwhelmed and take a day off if you can because that has really helped me um and the reason why i think it works is because it prevents your brain your brain from 
going down that spiral of work and going down that kind of path that you dig yourself in that doesn't really feel good. Like taking a step back allows you to recalibrate yourself and that's been really helpful for me. The sec- the third thing, I mean, is that sometimes the best parts of life are when you step out of your comfort zone. This has really been highlighted for me and I talked about this in my go with your gut episode. So listen to that for some more in-depth stories about my experiences. But there were some moments this year that really pushed me out of my comfort zone and they made me super nervous beforehand before I did them. But after doing them, it was really so rewarding, like seriously. And I would say that those are probably one of the best parts of my year. So overall in 2021, I hope to take more risks and comfort zone challenges. And I encourage you to do that as well because you are going to hate it at first, but it's going to feel real good after and you're definitely going to grow a lot from it. And one more thing I wanted to talk about in this episode today was about niching down. So I will admit it, I am guilty of being one of those people who try to juggle two different niches and smush it into one platform. And I'll tell you right now, after trying for months, it just doesn't work. And I will definitely do a separate episode on niching down, re-niching, all of that kind of stuff on my journey. But today, I will just do a slimmed down version with two main things that I want to share. The first one is that it's hard to monetize an audience when you're trying to juggle two. So when I had those two different niches, I kind of wondered what some of my clients thought when they came onto my site, saw my services, and then saw my blogging stuff about self-development and lifestyle, or in other words, nothing about design. And when I came across some other sites that were doing it, I found the reason why, you know, it's probably harder to monetize. It's because you don't look like the expert or professional for either of those things that you're doing. And when you specialize in one thing, you're much more trustworthy and your platform seems more professional and people know to come to you if they have a question about a certain thing. So the second thing is that it's hard to grow these two separate audiences. I am personally reading a book by Seth Godin, who is a really well-known marketing guru, and he says it's best to focus on one small pool of people and then really create something that makes an impact for them. And that does mean turning away people that are not in your target audience. It's hard, but that's basically your job. And it's to not appeal to everyone because that's impossible and One analogy that I liked that he put in was that books, sometimes, you know, they have their five stars, but they're also going to have one star reviews. And the reason why for that is because, you know, it's not going to appeal for everyone. And so you've got to choose who you want your services to be for. And so that brings me to my final kind of question that I want to, you know, kind of answer in today's episode which you're probably wondering which is what is my new niche because I did announce it to my email list somewhat recently but I haven't really made it a public thing yet so first off I just want to address it is really hard to niche down like it's so hard because you feel like you're saying goodbye to a lot of people but I kind of found a way to keep who I had before in a kind of I do have to like say goodbye to some people I guess who were really into my self-development stuff only, but 
this new niche that I have, I think, will mix the two in a better way. And if you want any tips in, you know, niching down, um, I will talk about this in a future episode. But basically, you have to envision the ideal person that or group of people and what their characteristics are, how they live their life, what they want to do, that kind of stuff. So today I'll just share a little blurb that I wrote that goes over, you know, what I have so far as my target audience. Basically, it is ambitious female entrepreneurs who are relatively new or are currently small and looking to grow further. And they're the ones that are looking for resources and services that will truly be a game changer and help them instead of, you know, all that fluff that's being put out online. And they're the ones who are done with DIYing things in their business because it's just not, you know, driving enough traffic and value for them. And they're looking to invest their business in a way that's going to pay off. Because like I said earlier, there's a lot of fluff online. When I'm looking through stuff at this point with like the experience that I've, you know, built for myself, I can kind of see through the things that are fluff and the things that actually bring actual value to you. So because of that, um, and also because of my passion for time management and self-development, I'm still integrating that in because I think it's still a crucial part of entrepreneurship. So my content isn't going to be only for those who have businesses, but it's also for those with the entrepreneurial mindset. So I'm going to have kind of a mix of self-development and business topics into my blog posts and podcast episodes. So if you're interested in entrepreneurship or like that kind of thing, you know, that mindset um, more so than just specific topics, then that is perfect for my content. And then if you're looking to launch an actual business and want help and support in that area, I'm going to be offering resources and um, services in that area. So yeah, I've got to say after saying all that, I am really excited for what 2021 has to bring. And I already have an exciting announcement coming already, but you can stay tuned for that in January. So yeah, thank you so, so much for tuning in into another episode of the Pursuing the Happy podcast. See you in my next episode in season two next year. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe, share on social media, and leave a review if you haven't done so already. Thank you so much again, and I will see you in my next episode.